Hello and welcome to another episode of the Yukon Football Pod. This is Amon Kidwai. I am joined by Luke Swanson here to discuss Yukon's game at NC State this past weekend. Look ahead to their home date against Fresno State this Saturday, 3.30 p.m. at the Rent. Last week, the Huskies were in Raleigh, North Carolina, visiting the number 12 team in the country. Uh, now I believe they're ranked 10th after handily beating UConn 41-10. NC State looked every bit the highly nationally ranked and respected team that they are. UConn looked every bit the overmatched and heavily injured squad that it is. We knew this was going to be a tough stretch for them here. Luke, what did you think about the the game against NC State? Well, Amon, the NC State Wolfpack football team represents North Carolina State University in the sport of American football. The Wolfpack competes in the NCAA Division One. I'm just kidding. There's really nothing, uh, not a whole lot to say about this game. Um, <laughs> really, it was a carbon copy of the Michigan game, except for y- UConn got a couple of ounces that they didn't get in Michigan. Uh, really, that's what it comes down to, pretty much to a T. In Michigan, there was a, a punt return for a touchdown and uh, a blocked field goal that set up for another score. And uh, in this game, those uh, those two those sc- two scores were reversed uh, with uh, UConn getting a, a garbage time drive for a touchdown and an interception that set up a field goal in the first half. So very similar games. Uh, with the the box scores next to each other, uh, very similar on that front as well. UConn uh, gave up twenty nine first down or twenty nine first downs to uh, eight themselves. Uh, Four hundred ninety two yards uh, total yards to uh, one hundred sixty total yards uh, for the Huskies. And yeah, just a very similar time of possession as well. Uh, kind of two thirds in favor of North Carolina State. Very similar games, uh, including the, the offensive game plan, which again, just want to make another note, is very limiting and, and sort of not really setting yourself up for scoring a lot of points against these big teams. It, it's more set up for m- making things look respectable, uh, showing a lot of respect to uh, opposing defensive lines when you call a lot of screens, a lot of uh, pass plays where the uh, uh, quarterback is uh, forced to get the ball pretty quickly, short down the field. Uh, again, <laughs> the commentators even made a note of it during the game. Uh, Zion Turner uh, didn't uh, only had two incompletions on the night, but you wouldn't know it because of uh, how sparingly he was used and how uh, heavily the, ru- the Russian game was relied on. Uh, one thing I did want to note is uh, oh, with uh, Carter out, uh, Devonte Houston, I believe, listed as the starter with Rosa as the backup. But Rosa has been uh, getting more uh, more uh, uh, snaps and uh, more yardage than Houston uh, as of last game. So it's something to look at going forward. But uh, – Again, not a whole lot to take away from this game. Uh, UConn, like you said, Amon, looked overmatched. Uh, NC State, one of the top programs in the country. They're uh, undefeated in the year. And uh, they didn't uh, they didn't overlook UConn 
uh, ahead of their matchup this week against Clemson, one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest games of the weekend. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's the long and short of it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you went through the the takeaways from that game really well. The it was slightly better than the Michigan game, and hey, that that sounds about right. If, it's something. If, if if UConn is where we think it is, um, then at least it's a win that it wasn't fifty nine nothing, and that you know another team that can just max out UConn score on every single drive, uh, you know, without without any sort of opposition. Um, NC State was not that, at least, you know. So I think. For the defense to have made a, a you know a handful of stops as they were, was nice. First play of the game, though, you do not want to see a touchdown. You know, I I have to say, obviously we're we're doing everything with a grading everything with a curve this year, and given that it's UConn, but to give up a a, a seven, what seventy plus yard touchdown on that first play like that. Mm-hmm. Can't do that, but uh, otherwise, uh, I think they did a reasonably good job of cleaning up mistakes. Uh, beside, you know, besides that that one big play, um, the offense, the offense could not do anything. And yeah, I mean, Zion Turner had had a high completion percentage. He uh, only had like twenty six yards or something like that, though, um, passing yards, but. Uh, I think the question of when they open up the offense is is really what we have to have to start thinking about. It's just like, so limiting. It's so like it. I hate to say this for fourth first year offensive coordinator for UConn, but it's just such a it's kind of a coward's way out against these bigger teams. Like you want to see, like ideally, you would want to see UConn go for it. You want you would want to see him kind of air it out and at least do that for a drive. And then once you air it out and it doesn't work, then you can go into your screens and your and your designed your designed routes and, and one reads. And I mean, in all fairness, maybe they don't think Turner can handle it, but it's what do you think he can handle when he's? I mean, he's pretty. He's gotten pretty good at this pitch and catch stuff at uh, ten to twelve on on the day. So at what point do you? At what point do you open it up a little bit? So. I mean, I'm going to reserve judgment until we see the what UConn's offense looks like in the back end of the schedule. But um, right now, it's just really, really frustrating to watch, even if there are other reasons for it. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand, like you said, making it respectable and having that be kind of the focus, not wanting to show your your full array of what you want to do or what you like to do. But you also got to just get out there and try some stuff, like you're saying. You know, try get out there for a drive and and throw some passes. I, I think for me, I I agree with your point, all of your points. And however, we are now up at that time, right? I think for this Fresno State game here is the opportunity. Fresno State is a good team, especially but, missing their number one defensive back, right? And but Fresno State's a good team. But they are not Michigan. They're not NC State. This has to be the and you have to try if if it's to save it for your winnable games, you have to try them out at some point beforehand. So for me, uh, I I do think Fresno State has to be the the one where we start to see it. You you should not be showing them too much respect. You should not be playing not to lose by fifty plus 
in that game. And um, the following week, they've got FIU. And, and at that point, you want to have something going when you're there against one of the worst teams in the country. But you're FIU on the road. Is so bad. But you're we'll on the road. That week, but they're so bad. You're 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 on the road. It'll be a homecoming for Zion Turner. Uh so hopefully they they have something better to go by then. But between now and two weeks from now, you have you have to show something. So I'm I'm again I'm uh, got to be the Fresno State game. It has to be this weekend where we see it. It would be funny if they're just not opening up, opening up the offense at all, just to not let Fresno State get film on them. That that'd be a really that'd be a really funny bit. They're, Fresno State, they're gonna turn them loose. They're gonna they're gonna uh, turn them into turn them into Patrick Mahomes out here with well, these passes, the thing, right? Well, it's it it was like, what is the point of not do, not doing something? That's what we're saying. Not trying something, even against. NC State late in the game, you're up against their second string or third string defense. Yeah, and in garbage time, it was, it, I mean, it was more successful. There was the touchdown drive, but it was just because more of the same plays were more successful, not because they were trying anything yeah. new. And at that point, you can't even really make the make the argument that okay, they don't have the receivers to get open down the field. They don't really, they don't really have the have the skill position players when you're going up against uh, against freshman and redford redford freshman and the backups so mm-hmm. it's just it's a little confusing to me but again i'm gonna reserve my judgment uh, until this week until uh fiu if it continues at fiu i might not even wait till the end of the season to really get a really get to really get uh, rowdy about this but i i you know i think that i think um that's that's totally fair and and we are at that point um this weekend to to just talk about where we feel in terms of expectations for UConn. They're hosting, the, they're hosting, which um, can mean something, at least for Fresno State. It's a cross-country flight. Yeah, you're traveling 3,000 miles. Maybe some weather that they're not used to. And <laughs> Let's so, not get too crazy. I, I, think, uh, I think Southern California is pretty used to 65, I think it's going to be. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how it is. <laughs> Come and, up to the frozen tundra where the leaves are haven't changed yet. And and so I think there's some expectation for again, just like just like NC State went better than than Michigan, uh, for Fresno State to go better than NC State. How are you thinking about expectations for the team going into this game? I mean, think about the last time that UConn was in the rent. They had a lot of expectations going into that game against Syracuse. They coming off of the first uh, first one of the season, uh, looking respectable uh, respectable against Utah State, which uh, we're now learning that that team is is dog crap and uh, <laughs> not very good. So maybe not maybe that game means a little something different than uh, it did at the time. But they they came into that uh, the game against Syracuse with a little more expectations, and uh, that was the start of the real downfall. Not I don't want to say downfall, but that was the start of a really, really poor swing of games for UConn, and uh, the start of the playing against some really talented teams like Syracuse. Obviously, we've been talking about it. They're a lot better than uh, we maybe gave them credit for out of that game. Even even Tucker, the the world's foremost Syracuse fan. The, the world's foremost Syracuse UConn fan, Tucker. He uh, 
he was underestimating the orange. So it's, it's expectations are certainly less, uh, less high, uh, for the team heading into this game. I don't think they're going to pack the rent. Uh, it's going to be hard for UConn to pack the rent really this season any more than they did against that, uh, the night game against Syracuse, to be perfectly honest. I think it's going to be kind of reminiscent in some of some of those, uh, the, the late AAC games or the stands. <laughs> it, it reminds me of those games because the stands won't be totally full, but it's going to be some of the, it's going to be some of the best skill talent and, and some of the best players that uh, you're going to see at the rent to be completely honest. So, like when UCF came to town, in like 2018, 2019 with uh, Mackenzie Milton. I think Dylan Gabriel might've played a game there or that could have been later, but some of these tremendous like skill players coming in and, and nobody caring. So it, it, that's kind of the vibe that this game gives me. But yeah, I, I think that ex- expectations will be muted and we're back in the, back in the playing with house money, house money uh, uh, version of UConn football. The spread is 24 points. Uh, good, good for Fresno State. Uh, the, yeah, of course. They're, they're definitely a solid team. And speaking of Syracuse, they have found their way into the rankings as well uh, at the end of the top 25 there. So Did they now? Yeah. So this Holy is, cow, I didn't see that. So this is a pretty uh, crazy stretch, actually, for UConn. When you think about it, you're looking really at like four – top 30, top 40-ish kind of teams uh, with with the four games that they played right there. So uh, you, have to, you have to cut UConn some slack. On top of that, it's been the injuries. Um, hey, UConn covered against NC State. I think that's that, <laughs> not that... Not that we condone gambling, but that is a good... Uh, a good measure of something at least to uh, exceed expectations. And uh, so if UConn could cover the 24 point spread, if they can open up the offense a little bit, if they uh, execute well, avoid big mental errors such as punt muffs and uh, allowing big plays in uh, allowing opposing offenses to get over the top of them, that's that's kind of what what I'll be looking for. I, I think um, it's going to be tough to get the run game going given given everything going on. Rosa and Houston doing the best they can. Uh, I will say again, you know, as we've been discussing, good props to the O line. Um, but yeah, that that's what I'm going to be looking for is hopefully they they open up the offense that and that they play a semi-competitive football game for some time and show that, you know, again, put us back on that path of believing, you know, this is a better UConn team than last year. Yeah. I think that, uh, that (laughs) first and foremost, I hope the injuries are done with because uh, you really don't want to see this amount of injuries on any team uh, to any, any, and it's, it's honestly, it's a little concerning that there are so many injuries. I know a lot of it's random, but I know a lot of it can be uh, helped by, especially soft, soft uh, tissue injuries could be uh, prevented or uh, alleviated with a, with a certain strength program. And it's not exactly my area of expertise, but 
it's something if it keeps happening, it's might be something to look into, but I, I think that you're right. Uh, look a little bit more respectable, just to improve on last week from uh, Michigan to NC state. They uh, eliminated some of the big mistakes and uh, showed some competence in garbage time. So those are two improvements that you can really look at from game week to game week, even though uh, they still kind of got blown out. And really the only thing you can ask for is some more small improvements uh, against a, uh, very talented, but uh, as we'll hear in a bit, they're traveling to UConn shorthanded this weekend. They're uh, missing Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner is a, a I think six, sixth year senior, extremely tremendously experienced FBS quarterback. Uh, honestly, one of the best group of five quarterbacks in the country. He's got, he's very accurate. He makes very good decisions. He's blessed with an extremely good skill core at Fresno state but he's definitely not riding on their coattails at all. He uh, gets the ball to them and in the correct, in the correct locations. And they're also missing uh, one of the better defenders on their team, uh, uh, defensive back Evan Williams, who contributes a lot uh, in the run stopping game in addition to, uh, in, in addition to pass coverage. So those are sort of two lucky breaks for UConn. Now, uh, uh, Jake Hayner, will be replaced by uh, as backup Logan Fife, who uh, has seen action in exactly, well, yeah, exactly two FBS games in his career. Uh, last week against us, uh, USC, where uh, after uh, Ainer went out with his, uh, his injury, not expected to be season ending, season ending or major by any means, but he, uh, he went 11 for 12 uh, with uh, 140 yards passing. Uh, for a quarterback rating of 189.7. So uh, not bad against uh, USC's backups in garbage time. So, and uh, if uh, if we're calling USC's backups equal or better than uh, UConn starters, then it could spell bad news for, uh, for uh, the UConn secondary this weekend. But uh, his first SBS game as a starter was against UConn last week. Uh, in garbage time during Fresno State's 45 nothing win to open up the season at Fresno last year. So a little little fun fact. Well, the UConn yeah, experience. The, the UConn experience. But yeah, I, I think honestly for Fresno, I think that the travel distance has uh, something to do with not bringing those two players. Uh, and it's, it definitely works out for a UConn. Uh, not having Jake Hainer line up behind the center is definitely it's hard to spin it as anything other than a positive for a uh, a tough UConn secondary so that does give UConn a little bit of hope to like we were saying earlier in terms of the expectations maybe outperform expectations maybe play a little bit better make a few more stops do we think UConn could score a few more points as well I mean it all depends on how, like we were talking about earlier, it all depends on how willing they are to open up the offense and how willing they are to let, uh, let Zion uh, uncork a couple because he, he's got the arm. It, it all comes down to that. And I think that if this ends up being anything of a game, I think it would end up being a shootout because, like I mentioned earlier, Fresno State has some real dogs on offense. Uh, Jordan Mims uh, has a lot of home run potential from the backfield at running back. He, he's good at hitting the holes. He's not really a, not really a bruiser back by any means, but he's very, very fast. So that, that's something for, for you kind of watch out. If he gets past that line of scrimmage, uh, guys like Eric Watts, 
who's uh, definitely come into his own over the past few weeks against some of the toughest offensive lines in the schedule. I think he has something like uh, four tackles for loss and three sacks over the past two games. So a guy like him is, he's found his way into the backfield a little bit against some quality opponents. He's going to have to do it again uh, this week to keep the uh, Fresno state offense at bay and uh, Jackson Mitchell. is going to have his hands full with Mims. Very, very good shifty run, runner. Then guys like Nico, Nico Remigio and Jalen Moreno Cropper uh, at receiver. Those guys are just uh, extremely, extremely talented receivers. Like on Fresno State's one game this year, not against a Pac-12 opponent so far. I think it was against uh, FCS Cal Poly. Those guys were straight up clowning on dudes in the secondary. The, Remigio and Moreno Cropper are, are really really two baller receivers and guys that UConn will definitely have to watch out for. And a guy like Malik Dixon Williams, who uh, has really been the one a bright spot of the UConn secondary this season. Uh, first of all, demonstrating how it's really hard for one solid uh, member of the defensive backfield to make an impact over the entire defensive backfield. Uh, he, he's going to have his hands full. I don't, I expect him not to be targeted very much this, uh, this game, <laughs> like he has been all season. It's all been going over the other guys' heads, uh, Trey Wortham, Chris Sheeran. So it's, they really got their hands full, uh, against guys like Remigio, excuse me, and Marino Cropper. So it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, if UConn wants to keep it close, they gotta they gotta not take the coward's way out. They gotta really air it out because getting into a shootout is the only way that uh that they're gonna end up making this game close if they indeed do end up uh, doing that. All right, folks. So the game will be taking place at 3:30 p.m. Pratt and Whitney Stadium. Perhaps your last chance to have a nice day and pregame at the rent. CBS Sports Network. Thank you all for listening.